Hello and welcome to GB Mag Chats, where we answer the real questions international students have about living and studying in the UK. I'm Sophie, your host, and today we have Rob joining us to discuss how to choose the right university for you. Rob, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi Sophie. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you today. So yeah, my name is Rob Young. Uh, I currently work for UCISA, which is the UK Council for International Student Affairs. Uh, I'm an advice and training officer there. So essentially my job is kind of what it says on the tin. It's advising uh, students and advising staff in universities. If you ever have any questions, you're always welcome to come across to us. We're, we're here for, for international students, so we always love hearing from you. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people that never left university. So I uh, I graduated and then I've just been in education since. So I've I've done a range of things, international advice and immigration, but a lot of admissions work, which is going to be helpful for today, hopefully, and work with student unions and student voice. And so, yeah, I've kind of I've been round the circuit and done a little bit through my time. I, lo- I love when you say I'm sort of a, sh- a student who never left, which I think is great. I'm like, <laughs> feels why like not? It. You know, <laughs> that's the way to do it, isn't it? Just stay in education. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you never have to grow up. You don't have to really feel like the real world affects you. I'd love to say that that's the case, but it's not. Um, No, but, you know, I think like a lot of people in education, you know, I just sort of caught the bug and the passion for it. And it's what I love doing. So why would I leave? Yeah, exactly. Do what you love. That's that's the best lesson of all, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, as yeah, as as you've just outlined there, you're, you've got a wealth of experience on on this whole area, and especially this topic. I'm really excited to dive in and speak to you about this topic because I think it's one that it sounds like such an easy question in a way of like, oh, how do I go about choosing my university? But there's actually once you break it down, there's so many factors in that decision, aren't there? Um, and I think it's something, especially for international students, it's almost that extra hurdle, um, not being able to go and see those universities, which we'll get onto a bit later. Um, but sort of in a nutshell, and obviously we'll go into it in more detail, for you, Rob, what, what, why do you think that that selection is so important in terms of choosing the actual place you're going to go and study? I think it's important for kind of a, a few reasons. I think one of the key things to remember with something like picking a university is, especially if you're an undergraduate student, say, you're, you're going to be there for three, four, sometimes if you're on certain courses, maybe even five years. So you are committing quite a fair amount of your life to that university. And, you know, it's a big pressure to have at whatever age, but especially if you're an undergraduate to to choose the right thing. And one of the messages I want to get across very early in this episode is that it is okay to say, arrive to university and not feel like it's the right choice. You know, that happens. You can't get this absolutely right. Um, but as we'll talk about through the episode, you know, often you will kind of adapt and, and you no one settles immediately. Even when I was a student, now I'm, I'm a UK based student, I went to university half an hour from my house. And even that was a big adjustment. It was very difficult. So coming from halfway across the world is even harder. So, you know, I think it is important to find somewhere that matches your ambition, uh, but also somewhere that matches your your passion and who you are as a person. So, you know, you are dedicating a lot of time to that. You're dedicating a lot of your lifestyle to the kind of lifestyle you're going to be in and around at that university. And also you will always have a connection there. You will always be an alumnus of that university. You will always have a connection with them. So I think it is important to have some kind of connection there, whether that's a you know, a heart-based thing or whether that's a, an academic-based thing, whatever it may be. 
I think it's very important that you feel affiliated and part of that community. So, yeah, it, it is important. Um, it's a very hard decision and it's not an easy one, especially for international students. And that's totally OK. But um, but yeah, it is very important. It, it becomes a little bit of your identity that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. So it is it is something that you should take time and, and think carefully about. I absolutely agree. And I think you made a really good point there that it's not just the three or four or five, however many years you're studying there. It's it, you're an alumni forever after that. And I think that is a great point. And as you said about it becoming your identity, it's something that you'll be talking about for years. You'll be talking about where you went. And yeah, you, if you do feel that sense of, oh, well, that reflects me or people know anything about that university, that is quite a, quite a special thing, isn't it, actually? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as well, you know, it's something that when you're 18, 19, you don't tend to think about, you know, you, you don't have that kind of foresight or reflection on your life yet. And that's totally okay. But it is something that, you know, does become part of you. You know, I have, I've been fortunate to go to two different universities as a student and then quite a few universities as a member of staff. But, but even now, although I'm not working in universities anymore, you know, I carry all of those universities with me. They all have, played a part in who I am professionally personally and you learn a lot more than just your degree at university you learn a lot about yourself about society about other people around you so yeah it, it is something that does develop your identity and it is is something you will always be affiliated to so yeah it, it is something to to really think about carefully and and really put that time and effort into considering what you want uh, from a university because there's so much on offer and so much great stuff that, out there that yeah, it's just picking something can be very difficult, but is worth the time and effort. Yeah. As you said before, it's, it is such a huge decision. And I think people feel the pressure of that. But but that can also be an exciting thing, you know, breaking down all of those things and making a decision just for you as well. It's, it's probably the first time in a lot of people's lives they're actually doing that. Um, so obviously, when you're thinking about how to choose and how to make this huge decision, there's obviously lots of different factors. What are sort of the bullet points? What would you say are the main factors people should be looking at? So I think there's a lot of information out there that kind of runs through how to how to choose universities and it it is a mixture of approaches uh, some places will recommend thinking about okay we'll look at league tables and see how that fits some places will say um or look at the courses that you want and try and match a course that suits what you want other places will say you know pick it based on the lifestyle that you might want to lead and i think ultimately whenever you're choosing you need to consider everything you you do need to think quite well roundedly um this is just how i worked but when i went to university although i did choose something very close to me i did have kind of a picture in my mind what sort of thing i wanted and i i was you know a little bit nerdy i kind of did an excel spreadsheet pictures of pros and cons and some approaches and some of the things that mattered to me and although that sounds a bit kind of over the top, I, I do think it's something that's that's helpful. Um, sometimes it's hard to see the wood for the trees. You know, everybody's trying to represent the university to you in the best light. Obviously, uh, it's a university's job when they're recruiting students to show the best of it all. But obviously, everywhere has differences. Everywhere will have a different approach. There will be good things, bad things, in different things. And it's kind of your job to say, okay, well, what matters to me most? So the thing really for me is you kind of need to reflect on what kind of a person you are now and what kind of a person you want to be when you leave. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean what job do you want to have? I'm not really talking about that. It's more about who you are and who you expect or want to become. So 
for example, if you are the kind of person who, say, lives in a country that's relatively small or at least has quite a lot of distance between lots of people, you may want to come to the UK to have the reverse experience of that and say, okay, well, I, I want to be in the midst of everything and experience as much as possible. In which case, you may choose, say, a, a, a university, a campus university, for example, say in London. Or you might have the flip side and you go, actually, you know what? I'm comfortable with this. This is what I want. I'm probably going to go back home or that's the kind of lifestyle I want to keep. So you may choose to look at places that replicate that lifestyle. I think it really does have to come from who you are and what you feel. Um, There is a lot out there to try and convince you to make decisions based on statistics uh, and position and league table and um, sort of how close you are to cities and, and all of that is very important. Uh, I, I know I don't dispute that. It should all play a part in your decision-making process, but ultimately it matters who you are and what you want. Uh, everybody will offer you something amazing and you're not, it's very difficult to make a terrible choice in the UK. You know, we're very fortunate. Our, our university sector is very strong, but at the same time, there are lots of different options for you to consider. I think it does come back to who you want to be. Absolutely. I I agree that it should always kind of come back to that core question because there are so many other things to look at. I think it's interesting you mentioned the league tables thing because I think that's probably the first place people look or, as you say, are are advised to look by what you find online. And I agree that that's not always the best way of starting out and it it won't always tell you whether you're going to be happy there or not. It completely depends on who you are. And and with that in mind, with... um, course structure as well I feel like is that quite a good place would you say to start because obviously some courses for me personally I went to a university that didn't do exams because <laughs> exams weren't my thing and it was all coursework <laughs> and I was yeah. doing a creative subject so I thought actually that yeah an exam isn't going to test how good I am at being creative on the spot or whatever would, would do you think that's a good place to look as well in terms of looking at how your course would actually be structured absolutely you know I, th- I think I come back to the sort of the previous point is you're going to be there for a lengthy period of time, no matter what level of study you're doing. So being happy is very important. Uh, That's both academically happy and personally happy. So course structure and and the academic structure is crucial. Um, One of the points I was also going to mention was similarly to what you said is things like accreditation. If you're going into a degree where ideally you want to work in that field, then you may need accreditation to do that. So that will immediately change your field of universities. So, you know, the academic structure is very, very important when making a decision. We are fortunate that we have a lot of providers in the UK, all of whom are excellent providers. And and because of that, there's variety. As you say, you can go out there and choose a university that, that perhaps will play to your strengths academically and may focus more on things like coursework and portfolio work and and actually give you a variety of examination experience. So yes, absolutely. And again, it, it, it all plays into one and I appreciate there's so much to think about and there's so many different things to consider, but ultimately you've got to play to what your strengths are. And you can do that. You know, you can play to your strengths academically, personally, professionally, and Hopefully, if you think about it like that and you put you in the centre, you will find something that suits you. Yeah. Play to your strengths, I'd say, is, is, is a really great takeaway from that because all the, all of the rankings in the world and all of the academic clout um, is not going to necessarily be right for every single person, definitely. So playing to your strengths. No. And 
a very a very sort of quick mention on on league tables i think they're a very useful resource to give you an idea and and they are you know the the methodology has been worked on for a very long time i'm not going to get into that because it's the high a whole another episode it's a whole podcast <laughs> it is yeah it really is um and and they they play in a very important part i absolutely accept that um but i have had experiences in the past where some students have um just said to me that they they didn't consider X university because they weren't somewhere in a league table. Now, I, I understand that and I do respect that. And, and if that is what really matters, and if that's kind of the, the thing that you want to focus on, that that's totally okay. That I'm definitely not saying don't do that. However, try not to use league tables as a as sort of the the leading thing to make your decision because you may well be excluding some excellent experiences Mm -hmm. and you may well be excluding somewhere that is perfect fit for you Um, they're a great guide and absolutely there are circumstances where you may want to focus on that but um, they are a guide not a rule Um, so definitely use them use them carefully and use them to inform your choice but um, but don't necessarily rely on them to make a decision Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I understand the appeal as well of the kind of draw of looking up rankings, even even if it's not league table rankings, just people wanting to see some kind of list. It's almost like, oh, tell me what to do. Tell me which one is the best. But actually, I think a lot of international students particularly, because why would they probably don't know that as well as the rankings, there's also things like student satisfaction surveys and there's there's other um, things online and resources that will tell you about more than just where it sits academically. Um would you advise them to look into those as well? 100%, 100%. Because the thing I've always said is how can you quantify experience? How can you put a number on someone's experience? Um, and just because, say, an institution's number may not be as high as another's, that doesn't mean that for you it will be the best experience of your life. So it, it, is, a, it is a very, very useful tool. And the, the, the surveys are presented in a very a very good way now, um, that will help you make a decision, especially on something like student satisfaction surveys and student experience surveys. They do give a really helpful snapshot into what the current students feel. And it that kind of feeling will give you a sense of, okay, is this going to fit the kind of thing I'm looking for? Absolutely. It's definitely something to consider. Um, but it's like I say, it's a, it's an indication and a guide. Uh, it's not factual per se. It's not. It's not saying you will definitely have a better experience at this institution over this one. It's not as clear cut as that. No, because nobody can tell you that, of course. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. It'd be great to have a crystal ball, um, but sadly (laughs) we wouldn't then have to do this episode. So I suppose (laughs) on reflection. We'd have no content. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. On reflection, at least we have content. (laughs) Exactly. If in doubt, Magic 8-Ball, if you really want to go that way, but I'd I'd just listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I I fully agree with that. And I suppose, again, we've sort of spoken about it in a way of looking at course structure and things like that. But there's also the 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 point of just identifying the essential requirements, as it were, for, well, your given university, also your given course, if you already know what courses you're applying for. How, how would you recommend international students particularly go about starting to look at those requirements? You know, it's funny, again, when I kind of started planning for this episode, it brought me back to working in the admissions teams I've worked in and also applying myself. And uh, I kind of just forgot how much you have to think about and how difficult it is. Uh, so when it comes to things like requirements, again, it plays a part in what you think you want to be doing. So 
let's kind of take university a as an example if if the course you're looking for at university a wants the equivalent of i'm not very au fait with the new one to nine a level grounds still working old school letters so apologies to everybody listening um but let's say they want three a's and university b wants three b's and you as an international student your equivalent kind of sits in the middle of that it then becomes okay if i'm going to go for university a and get those higher grades is that offset of the stress i'm going to put myself under now am i going to have that much better an outcome from that university than I am university B. And and do I want to put that work in right now? And for a lot of you, it may well be yes, great, in which case that's absolutely the focus. But for some, it may be, well, actually, I think the experience might be better at B. So I'm gonna actually aim for that. So again, you know, the the requirement side, it's not just grades, it's also things like personal statements. Uh, it's it's making the right academic choices. So say if you're applying through UCAS, it's choosing your UCAS choices. And there's there's so many different things to consider. I think if I'm going to give kind of any piece of advice, I would say that from the grades point of view, always aim to achieve the best you can. And don't necessarily be too swayed by what the academic requirement of the course that you're looking for is now i know that sounds really counterintuitive but um if say university a is three a's and you're working at a bbc for example well first of all just because that feels out of reach that doesn't mean it won't be you may well reach those heights and it will drive you to work harder perhaps or to to work smarter and reach that point um but also it gives you something to aim for and gives you kind of that representation. So never price yourself out of the market. You know, you're worth a lot as a human being, as an academic, as a scholar, as, as part of whatever university you end up going to, you're worth a lot. So don't kind of undervalue yourself. Um, so I would, you know, be ambitious, go for what you want, not what you think you should apply for. Um, and also then, you know, when it actually comes down to it, especially with things like clearing, if you're an undergraduate student, things can change anyway. Um, so there's no guarantees anymore. Things are much more fluid than they used to be. Um, I think then with the sort of the wider application process and, and the requirement side, something I get asked a lot about is about personal statements and how that works, what people are looking for. And certainly from my experience, having worked in admissions, the one thing I would say with a personal statement is try not to be too cliche. Right. Okay. <laughs> and when I, when I was working at uh, a previous institution, I was responsible for all the admissions into uh, our mechanical engineering programs. And I could tell you, I, I would probably lose count how many people in their personal statement told me that they'd been to CERN. Um, the particle accelerator in Switzerland. Oh, um, okay. A very popular thing at the time for science-based schools to go on field trips out to CERN. Um, you know, amazing opportunity. But like, I would say one out of every two applicants said that in some shape or form, and it was like the basis of part of that. And there comes a point where you're just like, oh, I've seen it already, yeah. Not CERN again. <laughs> not CERN again. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> It's hard because as an admissions advisor, you appreciate the effort and the time they've put into it. Uh, and it obviously is very important, but, and it's very easy to say stand out from the crowd. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that's a great piece of advice either, because you don't want to 
stand out much. completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a very fine balance. Um, but with personal statements, it very much depends who you're applying to. Um, with some universities, it's it's a crucial assessment piece. Um, you know, when you're looking perhaps ironically at the top 10 of the league tables, a personal statement will start to mean more because it starts diversifying people a little more. Um, but the majority of the time it is something that is looked at, but is not necessarily always something that a decision is made on. Um, the one thing I would say, the one piece of advice, and I appreciate it's a lot of work, don't tailor your personal statement to just one university. Um, and this is for all undergraduate students primarily. But remember, you have five choices in UCAS, or if you're applying directly, obviously tailor it. But if you're going through UCAS, you know, if, if you're one of the institutions and you see that it's been written for somebody else, it's an you instant, can't, yeah. you're, that's not going to make someone go, oh, I'll reject them. No. But it is something when you go, okay, so they clearly have a focus. Um, so I would always try and make your personal statement about you and about what you're looking for. Um, but not necessarily too specific. Um, it's a very fine line and it is a tricky balance. I do appreciate that. But um, where possible, tailor it to you, not necessarily to who you're looking to apply for. Definitely. I think I think that's very good advice. And I think, again, it's a while ago that I was doing it, but it comes back to you, doesn't it? And I remember that being a really tricky thing because even though I was going for similar-ish courses, I knew the kind of area. There was like, you know, different courses different I looked at all the modules and everything and and really different universities as well and at the end of the day the only way to approach it as you say is to make it well it's a personal statement so it's literally the clue is in the name it's personal it's about you it's not please please accept me (laughs) at this at this university yeah that is exactly it um it's a personal statement we want to know about you we already know about us. Yeah. You don't need to tell us about us. Yeah. You know, the, the universities are relevant. We know what we have. We want to know about you. Uh, and it is always fascinating to to read about people and to, you know, see how this person is going to fit into the programs. And so, yeah, we really want to know about you. Um, so focus on you and, and your passions and your interests, and that will get you far. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one of those things um, we, we've spoken um, separately in other areas about CVs and cover letters. And it's sort of the same thing where I think everyone knows that panic of being like, oh, God, I have to sell myself or I have to talk about myself. And, oh, I have to like humble brag. It's horrible, that feeling of no one likes doing it. But actually, and I think for everyone's first thought is always, oh, well, I don't have anything interesting to say. And I think that you will always have something interesting to say. Like everybody is interesting and you will have something that will, yeah, set you apart, as you say, without you trying too hard to be standing out. I think that's the thing to remember. Yeah, and ultimately, if all else fails, you are a student coming from a whole nother country, yeah, moving your entire life and experience over to the UK. That's a huge thing. You yeah, know, and I think a lot cool of international, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of international students forget that. A lot of international students forget just because it's happening a lot doesn't mean it makes it any less special. You know, um, it's a big thing to do. It's a huge thing to do. It's a, I respect it greatly. And more often than not as well, you're studying in a second, third, fourth language. That's an incredible thing. So, yeah, you know, like I say, don't undersell yourself. We want to know about you. And there's always something trust me <laughs> you just need to you just need to think about it and and put it down but yeah we yeah it, it, it's an amazing thing that international students do and and we really want to know about that and, and kind of relate to that so 
We spoke a bit about it briefly at the beginning, but open days, obviously, it's a big question mark amongst international students because I can understand that panic of, well, how am I meant to decide when I I probably won't get to go over and see any of these places? I've just got to decide without going and viewing them. What's your advice um, on on the open day front? Ironically, my first piece of advice I would say is if there's any way you can come to the UK, I would do it. Um, I I know that that's difficult at the moment and you may not feel comfortable doing that. And I'm not saying it's a prerequisite at all. You can definitely make good decisions without coming to the UK. If you can, great, because it will help you get a sense of the culture. Um, But there's a lot you can tell from a university without being there physically. A lot of it is based on feel and judgment. I think a lot of it does need to come down to instinct. So, for example, one of my previous institutions I worked at, we really kind of pride ourselves on being a relatively small campus university that one of the sort of selling points, if you like, was that you don't go very far on campus without seeing somebody you know. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a personal feel. So therefore, that personal feel should always come across in all of the communications to you. So any emails should feel quite personal. Uh, Any discussions about your offer should feel quite personal. And it should have that kind of family feel before you even arrive. So I would say trust your instinct is probably the first thing I would say. If something feels a little distant, it might be reflected. Now, it's not a guarantee um but you know you're more you're less likely to have that personal feel say from a huge institution with thousands of international students or thousands of students it's it's just inevitable it can't quite be the same Um, so you can usually get a sense of some feel from the way that you're interacting and the way the process goes through university Um, there are a lot of virtual open days now so I would definitely recommend booking on as many as you can you know there's no limit no one's gonna Um, have an issue with that and do as many as you can and if you have kind of a list of 20 universities you're considering try and do as many of them as you can because the virtual open days are brilliant they're accessible um, they're often recorded so you don't have to do it there and then and as well because of covid you know for for a lot of us it's been it's been awful and for universities it's been very challenging but the one thing it has done is it has forced universities to think a little bit more laterally and provide that kind of experience of a traditional in-person open day virtually. So a lot of effort has gone into those now. So you will get a much greater experience on virtual open days than perhaps you did before. Um, If you can seek out former students, that's always a good thing as well. So whether that be on, on forums or whether that be through student ambassadors who work for that university now, that's always a good place to be as well. And just to hold discussions with them, get a kind of a feel for, for who they are as well um, and how the university may have influenced them. I think that's critical because, uh, you know, as members of staff at universities, you can kind of tell students as much as you want. It's not going to it's not going to make any difference compared to a student telling a student that's the most powerful experience you know we you know i can try and sell something to you as much as i like if <laughs> if somebody who uses the product sells it to you that's going to make a difference because you yeah. can relate uh, and it's not about what i think it's about what you and your peers think so definitely seek out as many peers as you can um and then you know it, it's starting to come up but 
we are seeing sort of use of things like virtual reality a little bit more. Mm. So we are seeing a little bit of diversification where you kind of, I know it's not the same, but you can actually experience yourself in the space and kind of feel how everything looks and, and feel how it might be to be there. So really just kind of delve into as much as you can, you know, look through websites, look through forums, try and speak to former students um, and just try and immerse yourself in as much information about the university as you can. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's kind of no getting around that. Um, but no. trust your instinct. Um, if something feels good, then that's a good place to be. Yeah, I completely agree. And I will say from my personal experience, I'm obviously not an international student. I'm <laughs> born and raised in the UK, went to uni in the UK, but I was applying, I was hearing back about my university choices. I did a year out. So I was actually backpacking when I was hearing about where I'd got into, hadn't been to see any of them. And I was living the beach life at the time. And I got an offer from my university Falmouth in Cornwall. And I thought, yep, that sounds great. I'd never, I'd been to Falmouth, but I'd never been to the university. Didn't really know that much about it. But yeah, I knew, I knew they didn't do exams and it was by the sea. So if all else fails, really, really, you can just go with your gut. And it was, it was 100% the right university for me. So it can be that simple as like, oh, this is, you know, it ticks a few boxes. I made a complete whim decision and I was quite worried I'd go and hate it. And I loved it. So <laughs> if all else fails. And, you know, I appreciate when it's an international student, you're spending a lot more. You're yeah. committing a lot more. You're of often on visas where changing university is very difficult. Yeah. So there's a lot more at stake. Mm-hmm. But try to kind of put that to one side as much as you can. Because, yeah, you have to, don't you? Yeah, it, it's all very important. And yes, you obviously don't want to just go, you know, oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mile, just pick that no, way. No. You don't want to be doing that. But you can and should listen to what your gut instinct is telling you because it has to be like I, I you know I, I know it sounds like a broken record <laughs> but it has to be something you identify with and it, yeah. it really does need to be something that means something to you and if you feel that you're probably going to settle in okay so yeah trust trust what you feel is definitely worth listening to one thing I wondered with international students specifically and we've spoken quite a lot about you know looking at the lifestyle not just the, the academic side of things um and location is obviously a big part of that as we've just said but also things like the culture multiculturalism specifically obviously I know London universities are very popular for that reason and even things like accents could could be a consideration because actually if you're coming over from a country and you're struggling with like the language barrier anyway I mean, we have a wild amount of accents in the UK, don't we? We do. We do. Yes, we do. Um, Is that something that you think you would recommend they factor in as well? Or should they not overthink that kind of stuff? I think you can overthink that kind of thing. I think um, it is something where, okay, there may be elements of that which may matter to you. Um, So if, if you want to feel that you're, that you can experience the UK, meet British people, but also meet loads of different cultures and also feel like you perhaps have an opportunity to fall back into the culture you're from and that you experience and that you have other people around you that you can just go back to and say, Oh, this is, um, this is really hard. Or, you know, can we just go out and, and do something that we would do at home? Then you may want to go somewhere that perhaps does have 
really large numbers of international students that does have that city feel or perhaps has a lot of life in and around the area because you you will always have more options to kind of fall back on if you're feeling homesick or if you're struggling to adapt to the UK life. Um, that being said, you know, university is probably the, the I won't say the last opportunity because that's not true, but it's one of the last opportunities without sort of without too much responsibility without too many major consequences of pushing yourself outside a comfort zone and trying something and experiencing something you didn't expect um i did a lot of that at university but i did it too late i did it in like my second and third year and i wished i'd had another year because i kind of my first year i struggled to, to kind of get used to it to adapt and it was hard um so you know, it is a good opportunity to to push through with things like accents and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of regional you'll never, the thing is you're never going to get away from that problem because even if, if you just go, Oh, I'll go to London. It's like, well, good luck with that because <laughs> you go from what, from Northeast to North and that's it game over. Um, so I appreciate that that can be difficult, but again, you'll kind of fall into that and, and you'll, you'll end up going back home in the holidays and your family will say, what kind of accent is this? Um, you know, your usual speaking voice will change and it will adapt and and that's okay. So yeah, don't be afraid to kind of try stuff out and, and perhaps be in areas that are, that are tricky. It's yeah, there are some things you just kind of have to go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Just dive yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just experience it all as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, it might be not not the only, but one of the only opportunities to really do that. And, it, you know, you want to embrace every aspect of that experience. And yeah, you do really want to throw yourself into it, especially as you say, for international students who are probably spending a lot of money and have gone through a lot visa wise to be there. You don't want to miss out after you've done all that to get there. So throw yourself into it. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we've sort of spoken about this throughout anyway, but kind of bringing it back to the basics of head versus heart. I think it's a thing that a lot of people say, like, should I make this decision with my head or my heart? Maybe a bit of both. What do you think? What's your opinion? Yeah, this this is probably the biggest and toughest call to make. And, uh, you know, it's super cliche, but you do need to listen to both. Both are really important. Um, however, the one thing I would say is that every university will put a lot of effort into making you feel at home and every university will will do everything it can to look after you to provide you with the best academic experience it can give and the best lifestyle it can give so the one thing i would say again is that you've got to think about what do i want what's my motivation to going to the UK to study. If your motivation is that you want to come to the UK, get a UK exp- um, UK degree and take that degree and work in the UK, uh, and, and it's an academic decision, then that will influence your decision and you should follow what matters to you. And if that is purely academic, do it. You know, If that's your motivation, follow your motivation. If your motivation is a little wider than that, and it's more about experiencing the country and, and kind of getting a flavour for that, follow that um i think this question you can't separate the two you can't make a decision purely or at least you shouldn't necessarily make a decision purely on logic or even purely on just kind of instinct and guesswork you do need to have a bit of both but don't conflate the two and don't worry about it go with 
what matters to you. It's all about your motivation. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think that's very sound advice that I'm sure a lot of people will find very helpful. <laughs> cool. So we're coming to the towards the end of the episode now. And what we usually do at the end of these podcasts is we wrap up with our do's and don'ts. So just one of each, one do and one don't to give our listeners their main takeaway of what would you advise? You know, it's your top tips. So one of each. I'm going to cheat and just do two in the do's because I think it, they both go together, if that's okay. Okay, um, I love it. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> So with with a do is start planning early. Um, it, it you, this is a big decision, and it's something that really matters to should matter to you and will matter to you for a long time. So do plan early, take your time, think about it carefully, and believe in yourself. Um, don't undersell. Don't think, oh well, that's not going to happen, or oh, you know, I shouldn't, I don't belong there, or whatever. You belong wherever you want to be. Um, so believe in yourself. Don't undersell yourself, and and yeah believe in yourself. Um, In terms of a don't, uh, I I kind of toyed with this, but I I think it is really important. Um, My personal feeling is don't use league tables as the be all and end all. Um, It it is one of the most common things I hear is about league tables and you're not high enough, whatever. They're a guide, not a rule. Um, They will inform your choice, but don't let them decide for you. Yeah, brilliant. I love that they're a guide, not a rule. I think that that's something that should ring in people's heads. I think it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a disclaimer under all of the league tables. This is a guide, not a rule. Um, but like you said, it, it's something that that helps diversify hundreds of providers and makes a difficult decision easier. And they have their place and they're absolutely crucial and very important to make a decision. But don't discount what could be a wonderful opportunity for you purely because of a number. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, Well, Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really helpful, really useful tips there. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to put those into practice. And it's been lovely chatting to you about all of this. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And uh, good luck to everyone listening. Uh, Good luck with finding your university. And hopefully we will see you in the UK soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you.